Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. I love saying that. Oh, here we go. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I love A Course in Miracles. I'm so grateful for this teaching and all that it offers us, because in truth, it offers us everything. It is similar to everything being offered to Dorothy when she realizes she has the power to go back home. And that she has the power. So this it's offering us everything in terms of going back home in our right mind, being miracle-minded, and recognizing that there is a perfection, a wholeness, a Christedness that is ours, that can be activated and can bring so much benefit to everyone everywhere. So we're grateful that this is already so. Let's take a breath of gratitude here together. I place my hand in my heart and I give thanks that the spirit of love, the spirit of compassion, the spirit of wholeness and freedom and beauty and truth is already ours. We are grateful and thankful to activate that which has already been pre-installed. We are grateful to broadcast the light, the love, the joy to everyone, everywhere. We are grateful to say yes to the truth that liberates us from the insanity of everything false that we've believed and that we have somehow, some way cherished in the past. We are grateful to open ourselves to infinite intelligence expressing in, through, and around us as us, and we are grateful, grateful, grateful. Sharing the benefits with every brother, every sister, every being, everywhere. We allow the healing to be. We allow our mind to open and recognize the Christ. We are grateful to give up the illusions and delusions and stand on the rock of truth. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get to it. My topic this week is let the Christ work through you. Let the Christ work through you. And as I was getting still prior to this moment now, I remembered that in my inspiration for today, so I I write inspiration every day, record a new prayer every day. I call it my daily shot of spiritual espresso. And then the prayer is the prayer for today. And you can get all the prayers in a podcast, Prayer for Today, Jennifer Hadley. You can look for that. 
and uh, you can read the daily inspiration. It's my daily blog. And in the daily blog for yesterday, uh, which the date was March 7th, 2022, uh, I quoted Robert F. Kennedy, not someone I usually quote, but this is such a beautiful quote. And uh, in 1966, when I was a little girl, Robert F. Kennedy spoke at South Africa's Cape Town University. And he said this, Each time a man stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against injustice, He sends forth a tiny ripple of hope and crossing each other from a million different centers of energy and daring. Those ripples build a current which can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. I'm going to read it one more time. Each time a man stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against injustice, he sends forth a tiny ripple of hope and crossing each other from a million different centers of energy and daring. Those ripples build a current which can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. Now, he said that speaking about apartheid. He was in South Africa, Cape Town, and and indeed that apartheid is still being torn down and brought down in, in the minds and memories of South Africa's people. And what he's talking about here is that one mind... And he talks about hope, and as I said in my spiritual espresso yesterday, this to me is how prayer works. Ripples of energy that absolutely can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. And it's so important for us to realize this right now, right now, when Many are very distraught over the war in Ukraine, the aggression, the Russian aggression in Ukraine, declaring war on the Ukraine, invading Ukraine. It is understandably upsetting, and this is a challenge for us to stay in our right mind and to know that Love rules. Regardless of what it looks like on the surface, God takes everything and uses it for good. So, I don't know what's going to happen, but my sense is that there's a big learning here for folks who are interested in being aggressive in acquiring 
through greed, through violence. That that's not the way. That's not the way. We already know that's not the way. And so we need to find a new way to improve our lot that doesn't have anything to do with dominating others or taking what belongs to others or imprisoning others uh, or violating their human rights. So it's a global lesson. And it's also a global lesson about what can we do to stop aggression without being physically violent and without being brought low, right? So hate cannot end hate. Only love can do that. Remember Martin Luther King Jr. said that so beautifully. And so... If we can extend compassion, can extend love, that is the thing that is going to do what Robert F. Kennedy was talking about there. Ripples that build a current which can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. It's so true. Indeed, it's the only thing that really can work. And so... In preparing, what I often do, and I, I did do for today's episode, is I sit with the book in my hand, and I just flip the pages until Spirit says, here, right here. So here is today, <laughs> is chapter 25, which is entitled, The Justice of God. When such a great injustice is happening, so it seems to to many of us that it's an injustice for uh, Russia to invade the Ukraine and to be deceitful about their reasoning for it, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that it's interesting to turn to this chapter 25, The Justice of God, and then the first section is entitled The Link to Truth, and that's where Spirit guided me to, The Link to Truth. And this, I think, is extremely powerful and beautiful. And he says to us here, he being Jesus, of course, says to us here, it cannot be that it is hard to do the task that Christ appointed you to do since it is Christ who does it. It cannot be that it is hard to do the task that Christ appointed you to do, since it is Christ who does it. Now, what is Christ? Christ is the true nature of all humanity. It's our holiness. So, it only feels hard to do the task that Christ appointed us to do when we're in resistance and reluctance. One of the reasons why I just did that workshop on resistance and reluctance that people liked so much. And um, I, I think you, I'm sure you can still get it. Uh, you can get the recording at jenniferhadley.com in the archives there. Uh, what was it called? Eliminate your resistance and reluctance. 
and it was in February, early February. So it cannot be that it is hard to do the task that Christ appointed you to do since it is Christ who does it. Now, when I read something like this, it sends a wave of healing energy through my being as it did when I just, um, in preparing for this broadcast today, read it. It's so healing for me to remember that I don't have to figure things out. I don't even have to understand them. They do not have to make sense to me. All I have to do is be willing to follow the guidance that is given to me. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Over and over again. And I get, as everybody else does, little things to do from my intuition. And many are insignificant. I had one just last week where I was preparing to teach my morning yoga class that I teach every day. And uh, I made a quart jar of lemon blueberry water. I have this blueberry juice that I use and squeeze a lemon and add some blueberry juice and fill it up with water and... um, drink that first thing in the morning. So I had that water with me. And as I was preparing it, Spirit said to put a lid on the jar. I have these lids that have a a spout on them, and I can put my straw through the spout. And I thought, "Uh, I, I don't need to go look for those lids to put it on. It'll be fine. Well, don't you know, I spilled the entire jar on the carpet in my office where I teach my yoga class. Now, fortunately, my carpet is pink. It's sort of a mauvey pink. So when all was said and done, it doesn't look as though anything happened there. But only, I think, because the color matched the juice. It was just a reminder to me, follow every intuition you get, because you have no idea what anything is really for. So just do it. This is not the first time I've had this lesson with lids and spilling. And so it's, I wasn't angry. I wasn't upset. I just, I got a towel. I got paper towels. I got some salt and figured the whole thing out. And, uh, uh, it actually happened when I was in meditation, so that I knocked it over. And so it didn't really seriously disturb me. It was more of a callback to, Jennifer, why are you asking for guidance and not following it? Just follow the guidance that you get without exception. Don't make any exceptions. Stop making exceptions. Total trust. Perfect, Right. There was no no real damage, a small inconvenience, uh, very little loss of any kind, right? A little blueberry juice, a little lemon, water, some time 
to learn a really, really good lesson. It cannot be hard that it is hard to do the task that Christ appointed you to do, since it is Christ who does it. Now, this is the thing. When life seems hard and difficult, because it used to to me, it used to feel very hard to me, very hard. Every day felt hard. And now I can see it's because I, in my mind, had definitely separated myself from my source. And I was thinking that I had to do everything myself. When it feels hard, it's a really visceral, easy to recognize moment telling us, hey, let Christ do it. Let the Christ within you do it. Let the Christ within all life do it. Christ, our Christedness, the I am presence, the Holy Spirit, whatever you'd like to call it, is giving us clear steps to spiritual liberation every moment of every day. We don't have to figure out how we learn to allow. Allow, just keep going back to spirit. How, how do I do this? How, what's next? Look for the lid? Sure, I'll look for the lid. And then I'll, I'll be more available for meditation because I won't be spilling my drink. And on and on and on. So that's just one the first sentence there. It cannot be that it is hard to do the task that Christ appointed you to do since Christ is the one that does it. The Christ within us is the one that does it. When we relax and let spirit guide us, lead us, it's not just that we're getting instructions. It's not just that we're getting a map. No, there is an energy that actually lifts us and carries us through it so that we don't feel depleted afterwards. This is really important. I... It took me decades to realize that why I felt like things were hard, why I felt exhausted a lot of the time at the end of the day was because I was in opposition so much of the time. I was fighting so much of the time. I was judging and complaining so much of the time. And and if you think about it, imagine this spiritual student who has this real hunger, thirst, a great desire, and still is complaining and judging and worrying and feeling afraid while also seeking at the same time. Like going along the path to spiritual awakening, except every step on the path going, I don't like this. I don't like that. Oh, that should be different. Why is that like that? Who's in charge here? Oh, this is stupid. Why is this like this? I don't want to do it. Just all the whole time. That was me, right? And so that's what made the journey so difficult, so hard and so heavy. 
I didn't put spirit in charge. I didn't know to put spirit in charge. What a difference it's made for me to put spirit in charge every day of everything. And as soon as I take take it back and now I'm trying to do it, it feels hard again. And so, whoa, make a turn, you turn, not going that way anymore, not using those methods anymore. Oh, put the Christ in charge. So let's go to the next sentence here. Again, chapter 25, section 1, paragraph 1. In the doing of it, you will learn the body merely seems to be the means to do it. For the mind is Christ's. And so it must be yours. The mind is God's. And so it must be yours because you are part of God, inseparable. God's holiness directs the body through the mind at one with Christ. God's holiness directs the body through the mind at one with Christ, at one with God. And you are manifest unto your holy brother as he to you. Here's the meeting of the Holy Christ unto himself, nor any differences perceived to stand between the aspects of his holiness, which meet and join and raise him to his Father, whole and pure and worthy of his everlasting love. So the folks that we meet on the way, it's Christ meeting Christ. So if we'd like to see the Christ in ourselves more clearly, the way to do that is to see the Christ in our brothers and sisters. Boom. We won't recognize the Christ in ourselves until we recognize it in our brothers and sisters. And this is paragraph two. How can you manifest the Christ in you except to look on holiness and see Christ there? Perception tells you, you are manifest in what you see. Behold the body and you will believe that you are there. And every body that you look upon reminds you of yourself, your sinfulness, your evil, and above all, your death. And would you not despise the one who tells you this and seeks his death instead? The message and the messenger are one. And you must see your brother as yourself. Framed in his body, you will see your sinfulness wherein you stand condemned. Set in his holiness, the Christ in him proclaims himself as you. So we project our belief in sinfulness, in our own uh, evil and our, our worries about our own death and, and mortality. We project all of that onto our brothers and sisters. If you think about, this is a perfect time right now, if you think about maybe feelings that you have about world leaders and per- political leaders who are saying and doing things that you don't agree with, and do you see them as sinful? Do you see them as evil? Do you see them as they should be punished? 
versus seeing the Christ in them. Then what you can know is, if that's what you see, it is the projection of how you see yourself, how you perceive yourself. And what Jesus is calling us to, in terms of the justice of God, right, this whole chapter, and the link to truth, this section, is to see the Christ. To see the Christ in our brother, we'll see it in ourselves. To see it in ourselves, we'll see it in our brother. Because we are united, we are one. No new message here, right? No new message at all. What he's teaching us is another version of responsibility for sight. That what we think we see in ourselves and in others is a projection. In paragraph three here, he says, perception is a choice of what you want yourself to be. The world you want to live in and the state in which you think your mind will be content and satisfied. So, there's what perception is. We're going to talk about this some more when we come back from the break. I'm just about to take off for the break. And before I do, I would like to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your donations, for your wonderful reviews of this podcast. All of it makes such a difference to me personally. Your support of this podcast makes it possible, and I am grateful. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I will be right Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Yes, I am eternally grateful for this recognition that there is as... uh, I'm trying to remember now, was it Eric Butterworth, Ernest Holmes? There is a power within you. (laughs) And that power is the Christ. This is what Jesus is telling us. Seek first the kingdom, which is that Christedness within you, and all else will be added. Yes. And the ease and the grace will come forward. The strength. And the beauty will be revealed. And I'm so grateful that this is so. And it is so right here, right now. Oh, my goodness. We don't have to make it happen. We just learn to allow. And to that end, I would like to do a little commercial here for my program to end self-sabotage. So I started doing this a few years ago, and every year it gets better and better. 
And so if you've been listening to this podcast a long time, then you've already heard something about this. This is one of the great sort of powerful programs that we have at the Power of Love Ministry. It's very low cost. It's actually about seven weeks because we have an introductory week and then six weeks of the challenge to really look deeply at how the self-sabotage is manifesting in our lives. And this is the kind of work that most people are very reluctant to do. We, we really oftentimes, I know this was true for me, don't really want to know how insidious the issue is and what it's costing us. And because self-sabotage and particularly self-medication as a form of self-sabotage, it drains off so much of our inner resources because we have a lot of shame around it. We have a lot of pain around it. Uh, it causes us often to isolate and so we're cut off from the flow of love between our brothers and our sisters, our mothers and fathers, because we isolate and we self-medicate in shame, increasing the pain, increasing the suffering, and this need not be. And for me, this was something that I struggled with for decades. I struggled with it for most of my adult life until... Really, I just gave it away to the Christ within to heal. And so in this self-sabotage challenge, that's what I'm sharing. And it's highly interactive for those who would like to do it. We have groups that meet and discuss. I am offering yoga, simple, easy-to-do yoga and meditation every single day of the challenge and uh, an opportunity to connect with me on a daily basis live on Zoom. And then we have the live Zoom meetings uh, that are about going over the, the work of the challenge. So I give you homework to do, things to really look at, to go into in detail so you really come out of the challenge propelled to make a change, to make a difference in your life. And what is so wonderful is the number of people who participate who tell me afterwards, that was a turning point in my life because I was really struggling and that just turned me right around. So this is why it is so potent. And so if you're interested, uh, check out the details at jenniferhadley.com. They end my self-sabotage challenge. And we're starting a bit later here in March. There's also Karen J. Gardner's class on lucid dreaming. And then we're also doing an Enneagram program. 
which is so wonderful to merge with A Course of Miracles in terms of our spiritual awakening. I find it extremely helpful. So lots of exciting things happening in the Power of Love ministry this month. Check it out. And then in April, I'm going to do my Stop Playing Small retreat online again. So come and join me for that. Lastly, my Finding Freedom Boot Camp starts in June. So lots of good things coming your way. So we're here in this section about the link to truth. And as I went to break, I I was sharing from chapter 25, section 1, paragraph 3. Perception is a choice of what you want yourself to be, the world you want to live in, and the state in which you think your mind will be content and satisfied. All of that is perception, he says, and it chooses where you think your safety lies at your decision. It chooses where you think your safety lies at your decision. It reveals yourself to you as you would have you be. This is all that what perception offers. And always is it faithful to your purpose from which it never separates nor gives the slightest witness unto anything the purpose in your mind upholdeth not. Perception is a part of what it is your purpose to behold. For means and ends are never separate. And thus you learn what seems to have a life apart has none. So, for instance, in the world we're seeing uh, war. We cannot simultaneously prepare for war and for peace. People think it's possible. It is not possible. The ends is in the means. And so this is what Jesus is saying here to us yet again, that the purpose in our mind is revealed in our perceptions. So if we perceive people to be sinners, if we perceive people to be unworthy of love, what is being revealed to us is our thoughts about ourselves, because there is only one. And what we think our purpose is. So for me, I used to think my purpose was to judge, judge, judge. Now I see that my purpose is to love, love, love. And people have been asking me, so Jennifer, what can we do about this war in Ukraine? What can we do to be helpful? And the clear message of the Course is for us to be peaceful in our mind, for us to project no judgment, for us to value perceiving correctly, being right-minded, being miracle-minded. That is how we're going to make a difference in the Ukraine. That is how we're going to make a difference in our family in our community, and in the world. Seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. And so this is why I bless everyone, because the blessing has to show up 
as more peace, more love, more joy, more clarity. It's not going to show up as um, something that would aid and abet somebody's being destructive or violent. All blessings are going to lead us back to our loving heart. So for me, and this is one of the things that I was writing about yesterday in my spiritual espresso, I was writing about how it, to me, is important to see, is your life dedicated to something? My life used to be dedicated to me proving my worth, to me getting ahead, to me having a a career that I felt was special. And then I made a turn and I dedicated myself to being loving, to being a witness for truth, a witness for God. I dedicated myself to finding the truth in my own mind, to being peaceful and harmonious, to being kind and generous and compassionate. I dedicated myself to that, and then the career has taken care of itself in so many ways. And the healing of my mind, so I was just talking about the ending self-sabotage and self-medication, that occurred because I dedicated myself to being loving, to being kind, to being generous, to being compassionate. That's how the healing occurred. So I stopped isolating and self-medicating and feeling ashamed and helpless and hopeless through, I call it, being all in for God. That to me is what being dedicated is, being all in. And believe me, I it took me years to get to the point where I could say, okay, now what I know is my heart's desire is not to hold back one little bit, not one little bit, but to be all in for the love of God shining, shining and shining, broadcasting from my very being. Let me see only God, know only God, live only God. Nothing else, nothing else. We hold nothing back because we have these illusions and delusions that we can somehow hide from God, hold back from God. Let me stop all of that and let me be simply available, available, available to do the work of my own higher Holy Spirit self, which is God. One of the things that's so beautiful to me is we do not have to make things happen. We truly can learn to allow our holiness to bless the world. We can allow our holiness to inform our decisions and choices, to lead us and guide us. And we also must recognize that for many of us, there is a deep-seated fear 
very strong belief that is the root cause of that fear that if we agree to that, if we follow our holiness, if we follow Spirit's lead, which is our own holiness, because there's no separation. That's why I like saying the higher Holy Spirit self or the I am presence. If we follow the lead of that wisdom, our right mind, there is the fear because of the belief that we will somehow end up living a life we dislike. There's a fear that we will end up living a life of deprivation, of no fun. So for me, what I came to perceive, and I think rightly, that I had many lifetimes, as many spiritual students have, many lifetimes where I was a very religious person, a priest, a nun, a monk, these kinds of things, where I took vows of poverty and vows of chastity, and I lived a life of deprivation and a very limited, challenging existence. And that's not what spirit is inviting us to. But there are religious groups that think that that deprivation somehow makes us holy, that that deprivation is a good thing. And the reason is, is because people can become lost through seeking pleasure and they can become lost through seeking escape through drugs and alcohol and sex and even work and and all kinds of things right it's possible to lose our sense of our spirit through these addictive compulsive tendencies of the body and the ego mind so now there's this fear that if we give ourselves over to a life of God, a life of holiness, that somehow that is going to mean going back to the vow of poverty, vow of chastity and deprivation. But none of that was of the spirit. All of that was of the ego. And and this is the clear teaching of the life of Buddha, at least to me. Buddha went out and lived uh, all that pleasure, explored all the pleasures of life, and realized, no, this is not the way. And then he went to the place of deprivation. And Siddhartha is a, a great a great novel that Herman Hesse wrote uh, uh, that's really about the life of Buddha, and I, I would encourage you to read it. It's a novel, but it's, it's a, a beautiful, very short novel, too. Uh, beautiful uh, way to help us understand this, this path that Buddha went. So the, the deprivation then and living as an ascetic 
and uh, to the point of living on uh, eating one grain of rice a day and joining that whole group of exploring deprivation. And then he realized, sitting under the Bodhi tree, that the middle way is the way. The middle way, so no extremes, just the middle way. Right? The middle way is the way of spirit. The extremes are the way of ego. And we can find ourselves, we can find the way back to the middle way. In paragraph four here, Jesus says, You are the means for God, not separate, nor with a life apart from God's. God's life is manifest in you who are his son. Each aspect of God is framed in holiness and perfect purity, in love celestial, and so complete, it wishes only that it may release all that it looks upon unto itself. Its radiance shines through each body that it looks upon and brushes all its darkness into light by merely looking past it to the light. The veil is lifted through its gentleness, and nothing hides the face of Christ from its beholders. You and your brother stand before God now to let God draw aside the veil that seems to keep you separate and apart. Since you believe that you are separate, heaven presents itself to you as separate too. Not that it is in truth, but that the link that has been given you to join the truth may reach to you through what you understand. Father and Son and Holy Spirit are as one, as all your brothers join as one in truth. Christ and his Father never have been separate. And Christ abides within your understanding, in the part of you that shares God's will. The Holy Spirit links the other part, the tiny mad desire to be separate, different, and special, to the Christ. To make the oneness clear to what is really one. In this world, This is not understood, but can be taught. So here again, the willingness is all that's required for us to remember what the truth is here. Christ abides within your understanding in the part of you that shares God's will. So there aren't really different parts of us but we have seemed to separate the mind, have we not? So let's have a simple practice. This is what's worked for me, is when I feel life is difficult, life is hard, which I don't anymore. Moments, moments, I have moments. But I used to feel like, oh, the weight of the world on me, oh, this is so hard. But when we feel that way, when it feels oppressive and difficult, we can remember 
to rise up and put the Christ in charge. There is that within us which knows the way to ease and grace. And that is our true identity, our true self, and we can access it. We don't have to understand it. We don't have to know how to get there. We just have to be willing to say, Spirit, show me. Holiness, show me. Let my holiness be revealed. Let me stand in my holiness now. Let me see the Christ in my brothers and sisters and within myself. Let me perceive clearly I am willing to know the truth. I can handle the truth. And I am willing to live by the light of truth. My true nature is Christ, and I am willing to recognize it now. Simple statements like this, putting our holiness in charge. This is how we are transformed. This is how we are renewed in spirit. Again, we don't have to know how to make it happen. The Holy Spirit links the other part, the tiny mad desire to be separate, different and special to the Christ, to make the oneness clear to what is really one. In this world, this is not understood, but can be taught. The Holy Spirit serves Christ's purpose in your mind so that the aim of specialness can be corrected where the error lies. So it is the Holy Spirit's function to teach you how this oneness is experienced, what you must do that it can be experienced and where you should go to do it. I love that. It's the Holy Spirit's function. So let's just say, okay, Holy Spirit, teach me how the oneness is experienced. Teach me what I must do that it can be experienced, and where I go to do it. I love it. Just give the orders to the Holy Spirit. I'm ready. I'm willing. Now is the time. And the way I work with it is I give it to spirit and then I go about my business knowing that it will be done and accomplished. And I have learned that it will be because it has been. And so this is what I call proving God. We do this a few times. We see that it works And then we don't doubt it so much anymore. And we begin to erode that doubt. Because the doubt seems to be about whether or not we are the beloved of the beloved and that spirit cares for us or that spirit is there for us. But it's actually the other way around. All doubt is self-doubt. We doubt our own abilities, our own capacities. We doubt our willingness. Because our willingness comes and goes. But if we just focus on that and put spirit in charge, we can have a miraculous life. And this is what we're being called to. And in our choosing this, all war will dissolve. Because our mind is the mind of God. We share the mind with our brothers and sisters. So Jesus, when he walked the earth, he said, 
Pray for those who despitefully use you. So that's what we do. We pray for the awakening of all beings, and we especially pray for the folks who seem to be against us, that they remember their own true identity and see it reflected back to them in our Christ nature, shining forth. And that way, we are redeemed in our own mind, and so are they, and all are lifted. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm out of time. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining your mind with mine. So grateful and thankful to rise up in the Christ and to recognize the truth for ourselves and everyone else. We let it be, and so it is. God bless you. God bless you.